You're listening to Three Makes Baby with Jana Repnow. In this episode, you're going to hear from a recipient, parent, and a donor who have connected. I think that it's important for you to know that, of course, not all situations are going to go this smoothly and turn out this well. And so keep that in mind. And I do recommend that you get counseling or consultation prior to meeting each other. I think that just can help overall. But listen in to this special episode. For the very first time, I have a donor and uh, their recipient parent with me. And many of you may know Romy from Instagram. She is pretty awesome influencer. And she has connected recently with uh, the donor that helped her conceive. It was previously, I guess, what you would consider kind of an unknown or anonymous donor. Although I know we don't use the term anonymous anymore. Um, it's still the terminology still can be confusing. So um, so you get to hear from both of them today. And I have lots of questions and I'm just excited because you know, this was like a, a conversation that was sort of like forbidden before, you know, it's like, let's keep these people apart. Let's keep the donor away from the parent. And, um, because bad things can happen or, you know, who knows, I don't know. We'll get into some of that, but, um, I love that this conversation is showing you that it's not so scary. And maybe there isn't a reason like entirely to have so much, so many walls between a donor somebody who's donated and the parent who, um, who received that donation and was able to conceive a child. So here we go. So I have Romy and I have Justin and I'm using, um, the actual names. And so, um, you know, they're really being incredibly open, which is awesome. Um, and I just thank you both for being. So, yeah, I wanted to kind of start with Romy and ask you what made you want to reach out to find your donor? So at first, um, we just wanted some medical answers, medical background, um, since, as you know, the profile you're giving is very, very extremely basic um, when you purchase sperm. Um, and I mean, also because we were, we were just curious, you know, you're creating a child and you only see 50% of what you're creating. Um, so I, I want to say a little bit of curiosity, though. And then were you nervous when you first reached out? Was I nervous? Oh, <laughs> I was extremely, extremely, extremely nervous and anxious. Yeah. So prior to finding him, I think I checked the website um, 23 and me on a daily basis, even though I knew it was going to take a few more weeks. Um, yeah. I don't know. I did it anyways. Um, yeah. And then, and then, yeah, I want to say I was extremely nervous the first time I reached out. I didn't know what to say. So, <laughs> yeah. But they, um, but it went great. It went great after after that first message. It was all fine. And what a relief because it was it went well. Um, yeah. And you know we were talking during this time too a little bit. I know that you had it, for you it was kind of I, I got the impression that you made her feel at ease pretty quickly. Um, what what were you thinking, Justin, when you first got that call? Well, first of all, how did the message get to you first? Was it through someone else or? So one of my cousins who I like never talked to, she messaged me and she's like, I'm going to have some really weird info for you. Um, <laughs> and it's funny because like for, you know, for a while, when I donated, it was back kind of before DNA testing was really widespread okay. how it is now. Yeah. And as it kind of came, you know, the 23andMe and Ancestry and all these companies grew, I kind of figured eventually at some point I had done a DNA test I used Ancestry, so I don't think Romy, Romy didn't find me directly, but um, I figured at some point 
I was going to get a match of one of my children or something, you know? So I just figured it was a matter of time. So when I saw that message, I was just like, Oh, I know exactly where this is going. <laughs> so you were ready just, for it. Like, I was just like, so what's her number? And, you know, <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And she connected us. It was pretty cool. Okay. And so then, um, mm-hmm. so you kind of knew it, it was coming. You were somewhat mentally prepared. What had you been told by the bank when you were, when you went through the process? Yeah. So back when I uh, donated, they told us, um, that there was, they would allow 50 children per continent. And, um, when they turned eight, when they turned 18, uh, they could contact us. And I don't think, I think it was up to us if we contacted back or something like that. Okay. So you could at that point you, and I think it's still kind of that way. Um, for the, my thinking was like, you know, it's like, these are, these are biologically my children. I'm, I don't want to be a dad that's, you know, rejects them you know i don't know that's how i thought it's like you know it might mess with their psychology in some way oh, yeah. so that's kind of how i've approached the whole thing is like you know oh. what's best for the kids and, yeah yeah oh that's so sweet and i mean i i have to say i mean just looking at your face i can see ava <laughs> i think oh. logan's even closer and logan for sure the eyes I, at first I thought Ava and then as Ava gets older I see Romy more yeah they change isn't that funny how they change <laughs> it is yeah. funny yeah Ava actually looks more like my mom uh, yeah. I mean I guess I have my mom's features but it's kind of crazy it's like my mom's a baby <gasps> really it's totally surreal because I don't have any kids you know of my own, at least made the old-fashioned way you know so it was, it was a pretty yeah. cool experience to be, you know you always wonder what your kids are going to look like and just to like have them boom right there that was that was a cool experience for sure yeah tell me about that that first experience because you met in person so oh I, I was like I think one of the first things that I asked was like I gotta see pictures <laughs> oh, okay okay yeah so you saw pictures before you met in person and um yeah was... we talked for quite a while I think mm-hmm. yeah, we actually met. I mean it was I think we had a lot to talk about you know just mm-hmm. just just pictures of the kids and how how are they a little bit of family background so yeah we talked a little bit um when we first met uh and then you decided it was you talked for a while and then decided hey let's go ahead and meet and it would be tell me kind of how that evolved what happened is that Brittany actually had a meeting um in the state where he lives so we just decided to tag along and her meeting ended up getting canceled days after days before we went there um but we went anyway, and yeah, it was great. It was great, quite the experience. And so um, I bet the nerves were high then too, but probably a little bit less so because you had met. Had you done FaceTime as well before? No. No, no, no FaceTime. Okay. But had p- seen pictures and, and talked a lot. So then what that moment that you first meet, what was that like? For me? For both I of mean, you, yeah. Go, you can start. For me, I was just waiting in the house and... He just walked in and it was just like meeting family that you could just, just meeting family, you know? It's like, wow, like I have known you for a while. It's a weird feeling. It's a weird feeling because you, you really do feel like you have known this guy for like how many years and you haven't, you know? Really? Yeah. You know, you know a little yeah. bit of family history, you know, how they kind of, or you picture how they look like, you know, blonde hair, the blue eyes. Um, but then, then you have them like right there and you also see a little bit of, them and your kids so it was it, right. it was like wow like you're here you know like there yeah <laughs> it had to be pretty cool to see his face and to see the similarities in your your kids 
that you love so much. And then to see that had to be kind of a, a hard to describe feeling. Yeah, um, it, it was, it was for yeah. sure. Yeah. You, you know that what they're not getting from you, they're getting it from the other side. But then to have like the other person standing right there and to see that they're making the same faces and they have never met. Yeah. You know, they act the same way that they have the same personality at the same look. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's now I know, okay, so, and Justin, I'll have to ask you too, how did, how was that for you? Yeah, it was kind of similar. I mean, it was just crazy to see like the kids and like the similarities and yeah, like Romy said, like even their expressions, um, I could see myself in them and it just makes you realize like nature versus nurture, you know, that yeah. they've never met me and they're, they're like me in so many ways, just, you know, biologically. It was yeah. a pretty cool experience for sure. Yeah. Now for those parents that are listening that maybe are feeling like these very things are what make them feel threatened. Um, like, oh gosh, this special connection. And this is the thing that I, I kind of, not that they don't want their child to have it, but that they feel threatened. Um, how do we help explain these different kind of spaces that exist at the same time? So it's definitely, um, unorthodox you know you kind of break you have to change your idea of like what is a parent and you know there can be more than two you know it's um it's a different way of thinking it's very new obviously and when I tell people about it you know everyone's kind of like some people get it some people kind of don't get it and I think it's just one of those things that you know it's become you're going to become more and more prevalent in the future and you know awareness will help yeah. Well, I had a kind of a question for you and I was trying to find it, but I can't find it now, but I kind of remember it. It was like, how did your, when app from like, you can think back to when, before you met Justin and then after you met Justin, what changed, did anything change in your mind in the way you saw your kids or not necessarily that, that you saw them differently, but that there were new pieces of information or new um, ways that that you could interact with them. I don't know, just anything. Was there just any change in it? I think in general, I just scroll back my post and how I used to refer to the donor and my thinking surrounding the donor, everything has changed just completely, you know? Um, I, I used to be one of those that said, you know, my kids have no dad. The point of having two moms is having no dad, you know? So the donor is just a donor, but then, I, I don't know. I think my, my thinking just has changed. And especially since meeting him, you know, um, you can really have all the parents involved and do it with no issues. It's just beneficial for the kids. Um, nothing has come, nothing has, nothing negative has come from um, contacting Justin, if anything, everything has been positive, you know, um, meeting the kids' families, um, just the medical history. Um, the connection that they have, it's crazy to see Ava randomly talking about him, you know, for her almost three-year-old life. And she understands a lot more than I think she did. I mean, she's pretty smart. She, she remembers him. She talks about him. Because I just think it's so cool that you have this approach that you aren't threatened, you know, by each other's presence and that you're just like getting along and, hey, we can all be part adults that love this child because we're yeah. all connected to this child in different ways, but we have special connections to them. I, I honestly yeah. don't imagine not, not having this for them. 
you know, and it's not like, it's not like we look for him to ask for anything rather than, hey, if you have extra love to give and you want to meet them and somehow to a degree be a part of their lives, we would love that, you know? Um, we were never, we're never going to ask anything from you other than whatever it is that you want to give them, you know? If you want to be there for them, absolutely. Doors are wide open, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then for Justin, how does that, how can that, or do you envision that getting a bit challenging as the numbers that you discover grow as you find out more um, children that were born and maybe want to have a connection with you? How does mm-hmm. No, but I have had other families reach out now. So and the, it kind of varies on how much contact it seems that they want. I've always kind of been like, I'll have as much or as little as you would like. Because also just as Romy was with me, I don't want to overstep their boundaries as well. Um, but there, there's a couple families who I would say definitely Romy and Britt, they're the two that have been the most open and um, put in the most effort to like obviously come up and meet me. And then I met Tim, went down and met them and all that. And, um, but yeah, I have had other families reach out. And like, I, I guess to answer your question, uh, it helps to kind of pace it because if it's all at once, it's definitely going to be a lot. Um, And it's nice just to kind of like individually learn each of them and, you know, what they're like, instead of, you know, me having so many, (laughs) having so many families reach out that I can't remember all the kids' names or something like that. That's kind of my fear, I guess, maybe. Um, But yeah, it's been cool. I mean, like I said, all the families are different and how much contact they've um, had, but you know, some of them, I don't know. So I've had Christmas cards sent, you know, they'll send me little crafts that the kids make. It's pretty cool. It's an, really? Yeah. Crafts? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also That's think cute. that the amount of contact will change as the kids get older, because as of right now, the oldest kid in the group is six. So it's not like they right. are actively grabbing the phone and calling and wanting to right. know, you know? So I think that as they get older, the contact that they personally want is going to change. Yeah, we'll say it's definitely helpful too that like this is happening now versus later, I think, because at least what I would imagine is that if it was, you know, if the kids were teenagers and they already had some sort of opinion of me formed or, you know, they had like some pretty deep rooted um, resentment, possibly uh, it would make things a lot more difficult. So the fact that it's kind of happening now is probably a good thing. Yeah, it normalizes it from the beginning. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, what did you have to go through to, to donate? I mean, there's so many, we hear so many stories and, you know, I'd really, I don't, there's not, there's not always a lot of transparency with banks. So it's kind of, it was, there was a lot of questions okay. and they did a lot of genetic testing. Okay. Um, EKG, I think was part of it. And, you know, there was a lot, but then a lot of it was also, um, you know, them like, I know I've talked to Romy about it, but really they, they, just kind of trust your answers like it would be pretty easy to falsify documents i would say so that's kind of alarming i, I would say i would imagine at least you know you don't have to get like a like a true medical record i, I never had to submit anything for my doctor you know it was all based on what they got uh, for me yeah so. you didn't have to yeah. do any records and was it right. so was that would you say like the screening process not the screening but sort of the qualification process was rigorous did it take like hours or days or was it yeah, it, it took a, it's been, I mean, it's been a long time. Yeah, now, but yeah. It was, uh, 
It was pretty thorough. I, I think it was at least a few weeks. Okay. Maybe even a month. So you kind of had to come back a couple times to interview. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like a. Yeah, no. It was yeah. a couple times. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good to know. Yeah. And did at that time you were told there could be 50 kids per continent and then were they, and that you could maybe have contact with them. Did they give you any kind of advice on what to do if you were contacted or was that just too far in the future to even. No. And I don't think, well, yeah, it would be so hard to find someone back then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did they reach out to you after DNA testing came about to inform you of the possibilities of being contacted? No, but I have gone back. It's funny because I have gone back to the um, the bank to get uh, I had to do some other genetic testing and stuff. And I was telling them about it was since I've met Romy and stuff. I was telling them how I have all those contact with all my kids now. <laughs> the nurse was so intrigued. Yeah, I think I'm like the first one. Yeah, oh, really? that has uh, actually. Yeah, yeah. So, well, you know, it's interesting when Romy and I were testifying last week in Col- for the the um, bill in Colorado. They uh, there were there was opposition to the bill, and they rep- there were lawyers and different groups uh, representing the op- opposition. And uh, two of the at least two of the witnesses said that in the twenty years that they'd been doing donor conception, um, like legal agreements, they had never once had a parent come back and ask about a donor. Two of them said that never once in twenty years, and I had a hard time believing that. I'm not going to lie. I was like, uh, I I mean. Because you're telling me you have this group. There's this Facebook group of parents that are interested in who you are. Yeah. Yeah. I find that hard to believe as well. Yeah. Because I mean, we, and I just say that from what I know about adoption research, which is, I know 30% of adoption adopted kids before they're 18 are curious about their biological origins. And a third are curious after, after they're 18. So, so you've got 60% of people, at least in the adoption community that have curiosities and are wondering about their biological origin origins. So for them to say like, almost like this isn't a need, like we, they don't, kids don't need this experience. It's been how many years now since you donated? Mm, I think like 11. And, and you've had, and there's how many that, you know, are out there that are in contact with you. I think Romy said there's 12. Including, including um, Ava and Logan. Yeah. yeah. And they are interested in knowing more about you. Uh, well, they all haven't, not all of them have reached out. Um, okay. So there's very. I can imagine everybody has questions. I mean, if I, even the, the 30% for adoption, that seems pretty low. I would imagine that everyone has some sort of question about where they come from. Right. Well, the, in that research by Brodzinski, he <laughs> says 100% of adoptees search in their minds. So they, they yeah. wonder, yeah. But, oh, I see physically. Yeah, so, okay, they actually seek uh, a biological gotcha, parent. So gotcha. like I had a cousin who was 11. She was right. raised and she found my aunt and uncle. And she, when she was 11, she was just really curious about who her birth parents were. Um, but then, you know, like I didn't do it until I was 20. So I waited in that second, you know, statistic. I was in the st- second statistic. I was curious before then, but I didn't seek and um, until after gotcha. that. Yeah. So, but again, we don't have donor conception research, and there's going to be some differences there. Obviously, adoption and donor conception aren't aren't exactly the same. Um. So we do, and you know, having one biological parent that's raising you may reduce that need for that curiosity a little bit. I don't know. We'll see. You know, when the research yeah. comes out, it would be interesting to see what what affects yeah. that. But um. But it's, you're right. It's a natural human urge, I think, to know that. And Romy and I talked about that in our podcast when we did one together. 
I don't think adoptees and donor conceived people are that different. I mean, you are getting 50% of a person from somewhere else, you know, and you don't know where that 50% of a baby is coming from. So I think it's natural to want to know where you come from at some point in life. And I think it's even maybe more obvious if you're being raised by, by same sex parent, because if you have two moms, then where did you get the sperm from? And if you have two dads, obviously you got the egg from somewhere else. So. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I, I feel like I can, I, I have to be really neutral when I speak about this because I don't want to bring my own bias in. Um, but you know, Justin, one thing that also the bill for both of you as a parent and a donor, the bill, the opposition to the bill said is in order to protect, um, donors and parents rights, they were opposing the bill. And it's really mm-hmm. interesting to, for, to see them say that, that to cut, kind of pit you against each other, it's either donor conceived people or donors and parents. And that somehow those two are like, all of you are, that affects all of you. Donors are affected by, by 25 to a hundred to more children as well. Well, I'll also say that like, I mean, obviously the, the kids and the parents, the recipients have questions, but I, as a donor also had questions, you know, like I always wondered what, I wonder what those, you know, wonder where they're at, where they, where they look like. So it was kind of cool for me as well when Romy reached out, <clears throat> you know, so we have questions as well. Um, Did you have any fears after I reached out? Because I know, I know, I, I mean, after finding you, I had some fears of my own. Yeah, I mean, like, so I never had, I never had fears, but I could imagine that, like, I mean, I understand both sides of the bill as well. Like, what if um, a donor, or you know, what if Romy and Britt weren't as, um, they've been not pushy in any way you know they've they said kind of like you know you can have as much or as little contact as you want uh, and some parents might not feel that way some parents might feel like the donor is obligated in some way and you know if a donor <clears throat> you know has a family of their own um i think i told Romy this and you know maybe they maybe they have a family of their own and they don't feel you know comfortable you know sharing all of that with their family i don't know you know so <clears throat> from from my situation and our situation it was pretty easy um but yeah yeah and i think what um my you know w- as far as like i would say is that the bill from what i understand is that um, yeah. you have they have access to the information so they can get your name and your identifying information but that doesn't mean that they are um entitled to any kind of contact with you. So like for me as an adoptee, I got the name of my birth father, but that didn't mean he was obligated to talk to me. He could have totally said, sorry, I don't want to have anything to do with you. And I have to accept rights. So it's really more just about getting that information and medical information and birth name. So you can, if you want to reach out, you can, but then after that, it's totally up to you. And yeah. So, um, what Justin, what, um, one right I was thinking about for you though, is the right to not have for those donations to be limited. So the numbers don't get so high because what you were saying a minute ago is like, it's hard as these numbers get higher. Like what if I start to forget names? Um, (laughs) like that's, it's a right for you not to have a hundred or 200 children out there that you're having to try to keep up with. And then you feel this psychological distress if, 
you're at your capacity, you meet a new family, and now you can't get to know the traits of this new kid who's just as deserving as the kid you met 10 years ago, but you're at your capacity. Like we are human beings. We do not have the capacity to have relationships with more than like a certain amount of people. We just don't. So that to me is a right for you to have that be limited to a reasonable Yeah, I think nowadays, nowadays that there is DNA testing and obviously there is going to be a lot more contact. I think those numbers should be a lot lower because like you're saying, like it's just going to, the more kids that come on, you know, like years ago, obviously it wasn't, it wasn't an issue, but now, you know, it's modern science. It kind of is an issue. So it is something that definitely needs to be thought about. Yeah. As far as the relationship with you, um, the relationship with each other was still an issue because a lot of them are saying and reporting now the donor conceived individuals were grew up near each other, even in the same school and didn't know they were brother and sister and they don't want to inadvertently date each other. Yeah. Yeah. So just so you know, the bill was for 10, they wanted to limit to 10 families, but the, the banks and reproductive centers opposed that. So now they, they did bump it to 25, which is the ASRM rule. They did have to 25, they had to bump it to 25 families uh, per donor in order to get the bill through. It just wasn't, they were opposing it at 10. They were, there was fierce opposition to the bill at 10 families. Is this federal or is that just federal? Yeah. State. Yeah. Yeah, so that was kind of um, the bad news with it. it, it the bill went through yeah. um, to is going to the house, but they did have to raise that family limit. I know, I know. I see Romy shaking. That, so the so twenty five families total, or is it twenty five families? Because like they, I, like I told you, they said fifty family or fifty kids per continent, which is like uh, total three hundred fifty. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. total. I mean, throughout through our bank, um, our bank sold to twenty five families. But then our bank was associated with several other banks who also sold to 25 families. So you got it. You got it. That happens. That happens. And that was as that our 50 families that I know of that were, you know, the same firm plus four overseas. So you don't really know. No. Keeping contact with that many. I mean, it's not, and it's not even that many. I mean, of, the people I know with donor conceived children, mine could be the smallest group of siblings. So two out of 12, that's not bad. Um, but keeping relationships with all of them, I mean, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. And then again, it's like for, there's a stress because I know I've heard of parents say they feel like it's a bit of a race to the donor when they want to meet him because they're like, what if we're the 25th family and he just doesn't have time anymore? I went through those emotions, you know, when I first, found it, I, I was like, how am I going to make sure that my kids, you know, that he remembers my kids because eventually the 12 are going to be maybe 25 or 30. So what do I do to make sure that Ava and Logan have a significant relationship with the biological family? And then that puts a lot more pressure on the parents because then I'm thinking like, I have to take them there, which obviously, I mean, I, I would, if it was a normal, regular, you know, relationship of conception, whatever it is that you want to call it. Um, but it does put a lot more pressure, you know, like how, what, what do I do? When do I take them? I have to take them. I have to make sure that, you know, they're calling or I don't know. Is this? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it puts that stress on you because you want to, because as those numbers increase and you feel less special, you're let, because again, you can't manage that relationship. 
And at the same time, I mean, I understand that this is obviously not a normal situation and Justin is doing way more than any other person would, you know? He could have just said, here is some medical information, some background and see you later, alligator. I mean, I don't have to give you anything. You know, you can send me pictures, I can send you some pictures and that's it. Um, but he's there. So I don't know, I, from my, from my perspective, it's also tough because I don't know how much is too much and you don't ever want to bother, you know? Yeah, and that's what I would ask Justin is how do you, if you had advice for other donors out there that are listening and that are like, hey, I feel really like he does and I would like to be accessible, more accessible, but I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of how to manage that. And um, what do you have any advice that you would give is to, to kind of ease those fears or just help them with boundaries? Well, it's, it's something that I'm still navigating. So I'm not sure if I could, I mean, I, you know, like I said, not too many families have reached out at this point. Um, but it would be I, something I've thought, you know, it would be cool if they do have an inclination to know, it would be nice if there was some sort of like um, discourse that could be taken to maybe if it was a mutual, like the, their, the recipient family wanted to meet and the donor wanted to meet that they could both contact the bank in some way. And if it was a match that both ends wanted to meet that the bank could connect them before 18, maybe or something, that would be a cool um, maybe program or whatever it would be to implement, yeah. you know? Because I, I had, like I said, I had questions myself. So, and I probably would have done that. I agree. Know? I think they need to have a an, a whole department dedicated to post um, conception where they are there to facilitate yeah. any anything that families might need. Um, and I, I like that. I think that's great. And I don't know, there may be some banks that are doing that. I don't know uh, at this point. If, if you've heard of any, let me know. But you're right to have a, like, hey, I want to reach out and I want to let you know that I'm willing to be known. In the UK, they have it now. You can go to the, um, oh, I forget the name, HFEA. And you can, if you were a previous donor, you can email them or write to them and say, I am removing anonymity. I am officially removing my anonymity. So if anybody reaches out to you, yeah, oh, and cool. we need something like that. We need banks to do something like that here in the US too, is the ability to remove that yeah. from past donors. So that would be great. Yeah. Um, it's great to hear from donors and I'm, I am hearing more and more from donors, which is so nice for parents. It's reassuring because parents do ask, they want to know. In fact, I have people reach out all the time and say, we'd love to hear more from donors. What do they think about all this? How are they dealing with it? You know, what, uh, what are their perspectives? Um, and so just to know that it's, it, I think it also takes away some of the fear of the unknown, like this mysterious donor person, we don't know who they are, but just knowing it's a face, it's a person, it's a real person. They have feelings, they're respectful. It kind of just makes you feel more at ease, I think. So I think it's just, it, it's also a matter of just staying respectful, you know, um, don't overstep any boundaries. That's it. As long as you can do that, like in any other relationship, you're good. Yeah. It's a very delicate situation. So yeah. Handle it with care initially. Yes. <laughs> great advice. Handle it with care. You know, um, be respectful. Romy said, be, um, don't violate boundaries. Um, what can any specifics, like when you're first reaching out any, any tips of how it feels less, maybe how it feels most comfortable to you, Justin, to, to, um, to hear from, from parents. Is it, do you like it kind of an email first? Um, and I know everyone's going to be different, but just as an example. 
yeah i think the email would be good just because it's it, you know it gives time to process what's happening um and from like i said from the start Romy and Britt, they were very uh, vocal about you know we're not expecting anything of you you know they they didn't make me feel pressured mm-hmm. in any way so you said would you say Romy? you said we're just curious but we respect your per- privacy or i think I think for the first few weeks, because you're always afraid, you know, that this person is going to, at some point, change their mind, you know? And I'm not saying that he would, um, but I'm just saying, I I think at least I was a little, I don't know, scared that, wow, this guy's awesome. Maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe once he starts meeting other families, all of this is going to be too much for him and he's just going to decide like to take a step back and... And I don't know. I mean, Ava already remembers him. Ava knows him, you know, and then it could be a little more messy than it was prior to finding him. Um, so I would say just for the first, well, I would say for the first month, I the, first, the only thing I did was to make sure to tell him, like, we don't want anything from you, you know? Like, I, I'm serious. Like, you will never get asked for anything from us. Our kids are perfect. They have more than I, they could ever, like, one and more. Um, just whatever you're willing to give us, you know, or to give them um, phone call, a card once a year, whatever, as long as you stay constant, you know? Okay. Yeah. And the other thing I always like to mention is that relationships are reminding people that relationships do change and they ebb and flow. And there may be times where you're closer and times when you're more distant and that's completely normal. So the more you can both tolerate that, that dis, you know, those, that fluctuation in a relationship, the better it works long-term. Um, and so, you know, yeah, so that's, I think that's really can be helpful to, to know that. Um, and so, cause I think sometimes if like it gets more distant, you might start, I can understand like as a parent, you might go, oh no, he's pulling away. Is this a bad thing? You know, but you, if the more you take that in stride and just stick with it. I have never seen it like that because I know like in any human relationship um, I don't talk to my family sometimes I go two three months without talking to them but I know they're there you know I know they're not going yeah uh, he's busy I'm busy yeah um, 24 7 and he's doing his own thing mm-hmm. and I know that I know that we will see him at some point we'll go there to visit him and then at some point whenever he wants he can come back um, so I know he's there I I I can tell you that I have no concerns. Yeah. You know, I have learned, I have learned to trust him. I mean, because you have to, mm-hmm. you know. You have and, to. And he's just he's, he's awesome. He, he's awesome. You you you're trusting that person, even though they are their children. You're still trusting them with your children. Yeah. So, and their emotions. I'm putting their emotions in his hands. So it's a, you have to learn to trust and let go of your own process. I always talk about is how amazing he is. Yeah. Since the second I met him, he has been nothing but amazing. Yeah. Uh, don't let it get. Yeah, Justin, you. Uh, <laughs> no, but he has been nothing but amazing. Yeah. Then again, someone your responsibilities towards that child, even if it's your biological child or not, and you're doing all the things that you're doing. I mean, that's something to admire. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's still there, you know, and he's not only like that with us, but he's like that with any other family that reaches out. Cool. Anything you would, any, anything else you can think of that you would want people to know about reaching out to 
um, their donor or you as a donor would want to kind of advise parents um, during that process? I think advice I would give to donors, like Romy said, is that like, if you are going to go down the path of, you know, having contact and letting the kids get to know you, you have to be consistent. You know, you can't, it's kind of like Pandora's box, you know, once it's open, you're, you know, if you have contact and then you go away, it's actually probably going to be worse. So, you know, just kind of be cognizant of, you know, what you're getting into. Um, and you know, if you're, if you're open to that commitment, then go for it, you know, that's great advice. Yeah. And I would say for me, if parents are thinking of looking for the donor, I would say, go ahead. Um, cause even if the donor doesn't want any contact, it's still going to help you, um, better explain to your kids as they get older, um, the donor situation, um, in a nice way, you know, I think it's better to deal with rejection when you're little than when you are older. Yeah, because you have the support of your parents there to to be help you through those feelings. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you never know. Maybe you find your donor, and right now he doesn't want anything to do with any of the children. Mm. But maybe a couple of years on the road, at least the donor already knows, and maybe Change he his mind. changes You're right. his mind. Exactly. Exactly. You never know. Just then again, just stay respectful. Um, yeah, just set your boundaries, and. Keep your mind open and your heart open and deal with the emotions as they come. Yeah. Great advice. Life is long. And so there are yeah. and people do change their mind as their life circumstances change, things change. And you, what was a closed door might become an open, just keeping your mind open. You Keep your mind open. Yeah, I would say so. And I hear your dog snoring. Oh my God, Frankie. I think you did that last time too. <laughs> I was like, at first I was trying to figure out what that was. I was like, is that a cow? Does Justin live on a farm? <laughs> was, right. And then I knew, and then I was like, it's that dog snoring. I feel like I could just ask you a million questions, but nothing's coming to my mind right now. And you just, I think it's just, you've done such a good job of communicating. Um, so yeah, if I have any other questions, I will definitely reach out to you if I get some from people as they listen to this, but thanks for doing this. It, it's huge. Absolutely. Thank you. for. Thanks, Justin. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for listening. If you would like to follow me for more content, you can find me on Instagram at Jana Rupnow LPC and Facebook. And you can also grab a copy of my book, Three Makes Baby, on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and Target.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and rate it and share it with a friend if you like it. Have a great day.